Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. I want to share with you where we're going this morning. It's going to be a little different than if you're your first time here, you won't know different if you come here regularly. It's just going to be a little bit of different service this morning. There's a passage in 1 Timothy 4. Paul wrote a letter to a young preacher in a town of Ephesus, and he told him to do something, and you'll see that's consistent with Scripture. He said, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I want you to know in the heritage of faith, the reading of God's Word when we're together is important. Now, we do the preaching of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word, but there's something very special about letting the Word of God be read. It goes all the way back to Mount Sinai when Moses led the people out of slavery through Egypt into the wilderness. They went to Mount Sinai and God met Moses on the mountain and he gave him his commands. He gave him these books of rules and understanding of what the relationship of covenant would look like. Moses came down off the mountain and he read that over the people of Israel and they began to understand who they were, why they were called and where they were going. And whenever they were open to reading of God's word and hearing God's word, their path was directed. And then there were seasons where they got away from it, began to complain and argue, and they went the opposite direction. And then we see Joshua, when he takes over from from Moses, he gets all the people together. What does he do? He reads the word of God over the people, and they begin to remember who they were, why they were, and where they were going. And then there's a season where they stop doing it. Then King Josiah finds an ancient copy of the text, and it had been years without anybody knowing what God wanted from them. And they read the text over the people and they remembered who they were, why they were, and where they were going. Jesus even demonstrates this. He gathers in the tabernacle and he takes the scroll of Isaiah and he reads the passage about the Messiah and he says, this is being fulfilled in your midst. He identified who he was, why he was, and where he was going. Even in the book of Acts, you'll see over and over that when they gathered together, they read the scriptures to one another. Now, Illiteracy was higher than it is in our day, and we all have apps and everything available to us, but reading the Word of God matters. And so this morning, we're going to take a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Colossae. And he wrote this letter because the world was telling them that Jesus was a good start, but they still needed other things to make it all work. And so Paul would write a letter about how not only is Jesus important, he's the only thing that's important. It's a church just like us. And in the next seven weeks, we're going to start to unpack this letter and what Paul is telling us about the supremacy of Jesus and how it affects every part of our life. And so this morning, what we're going to do is simply read the the letter that was written to a church. Because when they would have gathered, somebody would have taken Paul's letter out and they would have read the entirety of the letter to the body of believers that day and they would have thought about it, discussed it, and reacted to it. And so this morning... We're going to have, broken in with our musical worship and our time of prayer and the Lord's Supper, we're going to have readings from this letter to the Church of Colossae as if Paul was writing this letter to a church in somewhere Missouri, a group of people just like them. It's hard to listen to something that's lengthy. It's not good in our culture. We don't do a lot of it. We have shorter attention spans every day, so what we're going to ask ourselves to do is Let's confess that before the Lord this morning. Let's prepare our minds. I know you have a thousand things to do. I guess there's a football game on today. There's a lot of distractions. But let's ask ourselves this question. Is God worthy of about 45 minutes of undivided attention? I'd say he is. Let's get our hearts ready. Let's just sit for a few moments and ask God to clear our minds and our hearts so we can hear the word of God as it's read. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring up from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins." The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. 
To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptized, baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the power and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. 
for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. 
Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you've received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. We're going to ask that we just take the next few moments. There'll be some prayer prompts that appear on the screen. You see, the Colossae Church is just like Christ Church here in somewhere Missouri. It's a group of people who are being told regularly that Jesus is okay, but he's not enough, and we believe he's more than enough. So this morning, we're going to ask you to take just a few moments with the three prayer prompts and have a conversation with God about what we've just heard, because it's reminding us who we are, why we are, and where we're going. Let's spend some moments this morning with our Lord, talking to him about what we've heard. Here's our challenge to the church. It's a rich, brief book. I want to encourage all of you to read it this week, a couple of times. And whether you join us at 6.45 on Thursday night or next Sunday morning, we're going to begin to unpack this over the next seven weeks, who we are, why we are, and where we're headed, and why God would call us, why Jesus is enough in a world that says Jesus is a good start, but then you need to do this, this, and this. And we say, no, Jesus is not only the start, he's the finish. He's why we're doing any of this. There's a passage in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4, that we're going to challenge the entire church to memorize. Four verses over the next seven weeks. You can go to our website and download. Uh, you can have a wallpaper for your phone or for your tablet. So the first thing you see when you open is this passage. There's ways to memorize it. Now you're all thinking, I can't memorize. Yes, you can. You may have stopped memorizing things, but you really didn't. And, and are you wondering, am I going to bring you up on stage and make you say it to the church? Yes. <laughs> no. But it'd be great to have conversations at your dinner table, uh, at work, text it to one another, encourage each other, learn it that way. Let's do this in community. This isn't a test of whether we're awesome. It's a test whether the word of God is awesome. And so we want to encourage you to memorize Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And focus on that. And either join us Thursday or next Sunday as we begin in chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, to unpack how Jesus is more than enough. Have a great week. You're dismissed. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.